This is Family Impact, a weekly ministry of the Christian Grandparenting Network, building a legacy that matters generation to generation. Here is the host of Family Impact, Kevin Harper. Thanks, Tom, and welcome to another edition of Family Impact. You know, for many of us, the matter of long-distance grandparenting is a big issue. How do we stay connected when our grandchildren are not close by? Well, Wayne and Marcy Rice are with us today, and they've entered that world of long-distance grandparenting, and I know they have some valuable insights to share with us that you will want to hear. So let's get acquainted with them and begin the conversation about effective long-distance grandparenting. I'm just really thrilled and delighted to have... Wayne and Marcy Rice with us today on, on Family Impact. Uh, these are two people that I have come to appreciate so much and uh, just love them both. And so it's really an honor to have you, Wayne and Marcy, with us today. Thanks, Kevin. It's great to, uh, to be with you and to be part of uh, uh, your ministry. We appreciate uh, the chance to be part of what you've been doing for a long time. So... Marcy, you've been a full-time mom, but you've also worked um, as an assistant to pastors in a couple of different venues. Anything else we need to know about you? Not a whole lot. I guess being a grandma is just the most wonderful thing in the world. So I'm just trying to spend as much time as I can devoting my time and energy to thinking about ways I can get with my grandkids. So, so <laughs> tell us a little bit about your family, Marcy. We have um, three children. Nate, who lives in Seattle, and he has our two oldest grandchildren. And then Amber, who lives in Seattle, and she has our third oldest grandchild. And then um, Corey, who lives in Hollister, California, and he has our two youngest grandchildren. So five grandchildren with three children. Yes. That keeps you busy. Yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, I don't know if she wants to talk about it, but, you know, Marcy has a disability. You know, she has MS, and so she's been confined to uh, a little power wheelchair for the for the last uh, couple of years but she's real able to get around real good and we can go places and do things and so it's not extremely limiting but but uh, it's it's slowed us down a little bit you know in terms of all the the ability we've had in the past to be able to just go anywhere and do anything and uh, but it's mainly affected her walking so yeah uh, but otherwise, um, uh, yeah. Know, well, I, you've been amazing to me to watch a uh, limited time that I've known you, Marcy. That you, you just just keep right on going, and that's great. I, I have a sister-in-law that has MS, so that's right. I understand the, that. Yeah, I understand a little bit about the challenges that uh, that mm-hmm. you face with that. So, well, my two uh, youngest granddaughters love this power chair. <laughs> they hop in this thing, it's got a little joystick that makes it go, and they are in heaven zooming around wherever we are. <laughs> so you have, you have a really extra kind of a tool to use as a grandmother, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, right. <laughs> so, Wayne, a little bit about you. You've been in ministry since uh, 1963, I understand, beginning, first of all, with Youth for Christ. Um, then you and Mike Iaconelli founded an organization called Youth Specialties. Gosh, you did that for how long? Well, I um, from the time we started Youth Specialties till the time that I left, it was about 27 years, something like that, and um, and it grew from just a real small little two-man operation to a, a pretty large ministry that uh, actually we had kind of some little 
branch ministries in, in Australia and, and uh, overseas, Europe and, and so forth. It, it really began to, uh, it, it's had a, a lot of uh, impact on, on youth ministry all over the, all over the world. Really. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, uh, I, I mean, I remember, um, gosh, a long time ago, <laughs> I remember being in youth ministry and uh, those youth idea books were pretty <laughs> <laughs> pretty yeah, they're kind of embarrassing now. When you read them, but, but, uh, but back in the day, they were they were really uh, that was like the youth ministry bible. You know, people yeah. who were do, running youth groups needed all the games and skits and and uh, all the fun stuff that we used to put out in those books. Uh, but we we turned out a lot of that kind of stuff. Did a lot of conferences for youth workers and. Um, Help to establish youth ministry really as a as a calling. So one of the things that you're doing currently is that you're a part of the Legacy Coalition. And for those of you listening who don't know what that is, the uh, Legacy Coalition is a ministry to grandparents. And uh, Wayne is director of conferencing with the Legacy Coalition. So Wayne, I, you know. I, I mean, I just got to say, you know, working with the coalition is quite a contrast to what you you did for for decades working with youth. Um, did you ever imagine yourself doing what you're doing now? Uh, yeah, the, the, I don't think uh, I would have ever uh, imagined working with a grandparenting um, organization, a ministry to and for grandparents. But it makes a lot of sense, really, because God called me into youth ministry back in the 60s when I was studying to be an architect in college, you know, I, 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 I really, when I got into Youth for Christ, I realized that, that uh, what I wanted to do was work with kids and uh, help kids come to know Christ. And so um, I did that first just with kids and then, then started to work with youth workers who work with kids. And then I worked for a good while with a ministry that we started to help parents of kids, mm-hmm. um, help them be more effective at discipling their own kids, and now grandparents. So it's a stage of life thing. You know, the call <laughs> hasn't really changed that much. No, it hasn't. Hasn't you know? really. Because it's really all about the kids. You know, it's all about the children and, yeah. and that they come to know Christ. And right. so this isn't an organization to make life better for grandparents. Is to make life better for kids, for the children. Yeah, to, to, to lead them to Christ, yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so uh, you know, we have a lot of people listening that I'm sure are, like you guys, uh, long-distance grandparents. Um, so what are some of the biggest challenges that you've been faced with as long-distance grandparents? You know, first of all, you know, we, we are long-distance grandparents, um, but we're kind of new to this. It's... Uh, our kids abandoned us. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, it, uh, it's, it, it, I, you know, that's a kind of a joke, you know, but it's, but it felt like that. It felt like all of a sudden because of their, their work um, opportunities that they had elsewhere, um, all three of our, of our kids moved away within the last uh, our, our son Nathan moved several years ago, and he's in Seattle. He's a youth pastor um, up in, in Seattle, and our two oldest grandkids live up there. And, and we haven't been close to them geographically for, for a good while. But our, our other kids just left in the last couple of years, and uh, 
And so we felt a little bit alone, uh, well, a lot alone this <laughs> last year. And, um, and uh, we're not quite sure how to respond to it yet. You know, it's, it's felt a little weird and not something that we've gotten into good habits about yet. You know, we're, we're working on it because we realize that where we once had easy access uh, to our grandkids, we no longer have that. So we, we're trying to figure out really how to do this. But the challenge has been um, uh, we're not able to travel a lot uh, because of finances and also because of Marcy's disability and other things. So we can't just go running off to Seattle all the time or, or up to the San Francisco Bay Area, which is where our other son and daughter-in-law and, and our two grandkids live. So we're not able to do that frequently. Um, I mean, that's a challenge. And they're, they're not in a position, any of them, financially to be able to make frequent trips down. You know, plane tickets and so forth are not there. So that's, that's a we're, – we're trying to figure out other ways. And so we use technology, just like we're talking to you in Colorado right now. We can talk to our grandkids, and we do, using uh, some of these, you know – Modern contraptions, as they yeah. say, <laughs> that, that we did that we didn't have fifty years ago. That's right. <laughs> so, as a but, grand as a grandmother, Marcy, does it have um, any different kind of impact for you? Uh, let's say that it might have with with Wayne. Um, um, gee, I don't know if it's if it's any different. We both really miss them, and. Um, we our our hearts ache that it's so much more difficult to to pass on our faith to make sure that they know what we believe when you're just doing it mainly by Zoom or by phone call or an occasional visit. That's I think just the biggest concern, and we both share that. It's just holding them and touching them. You, do you think they feel like you're strangers when you do see them? No, not at all. They spit. All of them have spent a good portion of their lives here. Oh, except our two oldest grandchildren. But our three youngest grandchildren have spent a lot of their a lot of their lives here in San Diego. So we were we saw them a lot. So their recent move two years ago and then a year ago, really that that hasn't made the kids feel weird around us or anything. So what are ways that you what are ways that you're able to overcome the distance uh, obstacles that you face? being able to communicate with your kids, stay in touch, make sure that you don't become strangers? What, what, besides technology, are there any other things that you do? <laughs> um, as far as, as uh, trying to make sure we're not strangers, um, it's funny, some, I'm, I'm actually writing a book right now, and uh, it's in process on long-distance grandparenting. Wow. But, uh, and I was asked to do this because I'm a newly minted long-distance grandparent. <laughs> but... Um, but I've been collecting ideas from other people, and they're not always things that I've done yet. I, I'm learning, and I'm mm -hmm. thinking, oh, this is, this is a good idea. But one of the ideas um, that has to do with this is, uh, is grandparents should send their grandchildren photos of themselves uh, or, their, or their children photos of themselves that can be, like, hung up on the wall <laughs> so that they're not using like a 30 year old picture of, uh, of grandma and grandpa. And then, then when you show up, <laughs> what happened? you know, and I think, well, that's probably a good idea so that they kind of at least are, see us. We have their 
pictures all over the place down here, but uh, it'd be good for them to have our photos um, there as well. And so I think sometimes grandparents can take the initiative to make sure that uh, grandma and grandpa uh, get a, uh, a nice prominent position. <laughs> and, and, uh, yeah. We had the shrine, you know, in our refrigerator <laughs> door, you know. When our oldest grandson was little, he sent me in, um, in the mail a picture he had drawn. So I sent him back a picture that I drew, and he told me on the phone, he says, no, Grandma, you were supposed to send me a dollar. <laughs> oh, a little mercenary there. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, technology does help help that. I mean, you can do, you can take selfies and and send those to your you know through text messages. You know, to to kids who are able to do that. You know, we have two teenage grand grandchildren. One that's just just moving into those adolescent years, but they're. They're pretty good at technology, and so you can you can text and stuff. Actually, they're a lot better at technology than we are. <laughs> and so that's the way they talk and the way they communicate. And, and, and most grandkids want to hear from their grandparents. So, you know, if you can take advantage of it and use it, not be afraid of it, that's a good thing. Um, we have in our family, uh, my stepfather, who who's very afraid of technology, you know, and has, uh, well, I don't know if it's afraid, but he's, he's uh, just not been willing to, to embrace it at all. And it's, and that's created a barrier between him and a lot of his grandchildren and great grandchildren, you know, because uh, uh, he just doesn't want to, he can't do anything like that and, and really refuses. And I think it's really too bad. You know, we've done our best, but you know, I, I think I, I don't want to be, uh, the kind of grandparent that that uh, is not willing to learn how to use the tools that are available and and to speak the language that our grandkids speak so that we can communicate with them. Sometimes that may, means we have to, you know, get out of our comfort zones a little bit. You know, Wayne is right. As grandparents, sometimes we need to step out of our comfort zones. What are we willing to do to keep that connection? Well, next time, we will conclude our conversation with Wayne and Marcy Rice about effective long-distance grandparenting. You won't want to miss it. In the meantime, leave us your comments about this topic or any of our topics we discuss on Family Impact. You can leave your comment in the comment box immediately after listening to this podcast. We'd love to hear from you. So until next time, I'm Kevin Harper, your host on Family Impact. May God bless you and strengthen you in your journey to leave a gospel-shaped legacy that outlasts you for generations to come.